Hey, everybody, welcome to another week of Trashy Divorces, your favorite good podcast about bad relationships. My name is Stacy. Hey, friends, I'm Alicia. Thanks for joining us today for another wild ride of marital misadventure. Who do you have for us this week, Alicia? Oh, today we're dipping our little toes across the pond to spend some time with Charles the Ninth Earl Spencer, the naughty brother. <laughs> Of a far more famous sister, Diana, Princess of Wales. He does seem to routinely get himself into a pickle <laughs> with the ladies. <laughs> so many pickles. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about Charles and his romantic past, which includes two divorces, a few thwarted lovers, <laughs> many spiteful choices, mm -hmm. and oh, a pretty banging fist fight too. Charles Spencer, quite possibly addicted to love. But before we begin today's episode, we do have some huge thanks to give our newest supporters over at patreon.com slash trashy divorces. Who do you see in the magic mirror today, Stacey? Thank you so much for joining us, Charles W., Lauren P., Shauna M., and Julia V. Welcome to all y'all. Thank you so much for jumping into the grooviest Patreon community around. We are so grateful for all the folks over there and for you for joining us today. Trashy divorces with the aristocracy. Might as well face it, Stacy. It's time to go, go, go. So, Alicia, you have an aristocrat named Charles, but not King Charles III this week. No, not King Charles III. Charles Spencer, the ninth Earl Spencer. The ne'er-do-well brother, the naughty brother of Diana, Princess of Wales. Hmm. Back in the day, Charles says he was the Pippa of his day. Kate Middleton's sister, Pippa. Okay. But Pippa has a better derriere, says Charles Spencer. Charles. Chuck. Hmm. Goodness. Charles the Ninth Earl Spencer is best known as the younger brother of the late Princess Diana and uncles of... Princes William and Harry. Charles is also the owner of Althorpe House, where Diana is buried. But long before Diana married into the royal family, the Spencer family had strong ties with the monarchy. In fact, Queen Elizabeth II was Charles Spencer's godmother. Hmm. His father, John Spencer, the eighth Earl Spencer, was an equerry to both King George VI and Queen Elizabeth II. Is Equerry a pony boy? Correct. Okay. You got it. Pony boy. See? Fancy mm -hmm, terms. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Charles's maternal grandmother, the Honorable Ruth Fermoy, was a confidant and lady-in-waiting to the Queen Mother. As titles do in the British aristocracy, when Charles's father died in 1992, Charles assumes the next Earl Spencer title, number nine. Charles Spencer is also well known for his scathing eulogy at Diana's funeral. That was, was a pretty interesting day for him. Charles has also been an NBC News correspondent, a philanthropist. He's the author of several books. He's a historian by profession. His personal life, though, has been a bit bumpy, with three marriages and seven children. <laughs> Charles is still currently married to his third wife, but Charles Spencer does have two very trashy divorces on his aristocratic resume. Let's get into it. Let's. 
Charles Edward Morris Spencer was born May the 20th, 1964. He was the youngest of four siblings and the only boy in the family, making him heir to the Spencer title, the ancestral home of Althorpe, as well as the wealth of that earl ship. Dumb. Dumb, yes. <clears throat> earl it's, Dumb. It's, it's all dumb. <laughs> good for Chuck, though. This is good news because of primogeniture. Mm-hmm. He's going to inherit. Right, his sisters are screwed. A little bit. For no reason. Yeah. So Charles's parents says were John, the 8th Earl Spencer, and his wife, Frances. Of course, we know that Charles had an older sister named Diana. She was born in 1961, who will become Princess Diana when she marries Prince Charles in July of 1981. But there are two older sisters as well, Sarah, born in 1955, and Jane, born in 1957. Earl John and his wife, Frances, do have one other son in 1960. This boy's name is John, but he sadly dies hours after his birth, Hmm. leaving Chucky boy standing to inherit it all. Although after inheriting the title of Earl Spencer, John and his family would live at Althorpe House, but he didn't have that house originally. Prior to that, the family lived at Park House a home that they rented, you know, just from the queen on her Sandringham estate. Gotcha. Just run the rent up to the queen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It'll be fine. The family will live at this home at Park House when Diana was born. It was not until 1976 that the Spencers will move into the family's ancestral home, Althorpe House, and all 13,000 of its acres. Mm Mm-hmm. Charles and Diana's parents, though, had a very tumultuous relationship. Francis and John separate in 1967 when Francis falls in love with another man. Francis is named as co-respondent in her lover's divorce that he's getting. All of this was very much a Mm -hmm. late 60s scandal. John and Francis end up divorcing in 1969, where Francis would marry the man that she's having the tort affair with. This would be Peter Shand Kidd. They marry soon after the divorce. Peter Shand Kidd was an heir to a wallpaper fortune from Australia. He also has an interesting connection for any of my done-and-done folks. Peter Shand Kidd has a half-brother named William Shand Kidd, who was married to Christina Duncan, Lord Lucan's wife's sister. Hmm. All the aristocracy flocks together. Little spiderweb there for you. After the divorce, Earl Spencer, John, the father, was granted full custody of the children. This is a little tricky. I haven't gone into this too much, but Francis has the two younger children until their father kidnaps them, takes them away, and Francis never gets her kids back. I think I remember that from the Diana story. Mm -hmm. The two older daughters are away at boarding school. Diana and her brother Charles, after being kidnapped by their father, are taken to live with dad. In an interview with the Sunday Times back in 2020, Charles Earl Spencer said, Diana and I had two older sisters who were away at school, so she and I were very much in it together, and I did talk to her about it. Our father was a quiet and constant source of love. 
but our mother wasn't cut out for maternity. Not her fault. She couldn't do it. She was in love with someone else. Infatuated, really. Francis is not the only one to remarry, though. John Spencer will marry Rain McCorkadale in 1976 without telling his children. Here's a new stepmom for you. All of the kids hate their new stepmother and will unlovingly give her the nickname of Acid Rain. Yep. Mm-hmm. Their childhood was traumatic and left the kids with many emotional scars. Diana was very open about the effects of her childhood, and her brother Charles has begun to open up as well about it. He says, I've been in and out of therapy for 20 years. I did a lot of profound work on my unhappy childhood last year, which was agonizing and horrible. I don't say that out of self-pity. It was intriguing to me that it was so desperately unpleasant. (laughs) All right, Chuck. But the result has been cathartic. Coming out on the other side has been good. It was intriguing to me that it was so desperately unpleasant. Never really heard quite therapy described that way. Charles will continue and say his childhood trauma, quote, left me with a predisposition for rescuing people, unquote. Charles will attribute his failed marriages, at least in part, to this trait. His ex-wives might disagree about the reasons. First up, marriage number one, Victoria Lockwood. Charles first pops the question just six weeks after dating a beautiful model named Victoria Lockwood. Charles at this time is still Viscount Althorpe because at the time his father, Aetheril Spencer, was still alive. Charles proposes with a heart-shaped diamond and ruby ring. It's very romantic. On September the 16th, 1989, Victoria and Charles do marry at Althorpe House with Prince Harry as a page boy. Very cute. Very, very cute. Probably. Little Prince Harry was adorbs. Mm-hmm. The best man for the wedding was businessman Darius Guppy, who would end up going to prison in 1993 for staging a fake jewel robbery to defraud insurers for the tune of about 18 million pounds. Well, the company we keep. Distinguished guest list. Their first child, a daughter Kitty, was born the following year on December 28, 1990, and all should have been going well for the wealthy, attractive, aristocratic new parents. But alas, it was not. Just six months after Kitty's birth, Victoria had found out that her husband had had an affair. Mm. Charles Spencer confessed to his fling with a former girlfriend, journalist Sally Ann Larson. Charles's wife, Victoria, would later say this discovery was, quote, a hard and painful betrayal. It turned me overnight from a deeply contented first-time mother to a hurt, scared, and devastated woman. Victoria, though, would forgive this affair. I mean... Just this one. Just the one. Because it is only the first one in Mm -hmm. a very long line Mm -hmm. of mistresses that Charles will have during this marriage. Sure. Sounds right. Whatever doubts Victoria had, though, about her marriage doesn't stop her from continuing to have children. In 1992, Victoria will give birth to twins. In 1994, the couple welcomes a son. Fantastic. Now we got three girls and an heir. Mm. 
All good. Congratulations. Correct. But unfortunately, it was not just Charles's philandering that was causing strain in the marriage. Victoria, for her part, is also undergoing her own struggle with anorexia and bulimia and had also become addicted to alcohol and heroin. Wow. Victoria says that her sister-in-law, Princess Diana, was a great source of support to her throughout her marital problems. Victoria, in telling the Daily Mail, I suppose Diana and I had quite a bit in common with our eating disorders and broken marriages, and she was compassionate. Nice to have a good sister-in-law. I have a great sister-in-law. She's wonderful. In 1995, though, the couple and their four children moved to South Africa in an attempt to escape media scrutiny and repair their lives. Mm -hmm. It did not work. They separated, and eventually, after eight tumultuous years of marriage, they divorced in 1997. The ugly divorce proceedings revealed some embarrassing details that the Earl surely would have preferred actually stay quiet. Victoria's lawyers claim that Charles was a serial adulterer and had affairs with as many as 12 women during their marriage. The lawyers started by saying, within months of the marriage, the plaintiff was unfaithful. There had been a whole series of liaisons thereafter. Some of these extramarital affairs took place while Victoria was in a rehabilitation clinic after being treated for her eating disorders. And as you can imagine, the divorce was very acrimonious, with the couple even fighting over where the hearings and the settlement should take place. I think we've encountered this in a few other divorces. Victoria wants the divorce to take place in Britain because her settlement would be better under those laws as the British court considers his adultery when determining the size of the settlement. But the South African court... Not not. the Mm -hmm. same. Yeah. Charles Spencer, obviously, wants the hearings to take place in South Africa. Is that why he moved the family to South Africa? Can we speculate on that? You can speculate. I don't know. One, I mean, it doesn't sound like the marriage was going all that great anyway. It doesn't. But Charles will win that fight and the divorce proceedings stay in South Africa, where they're both living at Mm. the time. Charles Spencer also ended up threatening the media with lawsuits over their coverage of the divorce and his, you're going to like this, his quote-unquote alleged affairs, claiming that his oldest daughter, now six years old, Lady Kitty, was being harmed by the reports of his behavior. In one legal notice sent to a Cape Town newspaper, Old Spencer said that his daughter's friends were talking about the case and she had seen newspaper posters on her way to school that carried details about his alleged, quote-unquote, affairs. You know, if you don't want your kids to read about all your bad acts, don't teach them to read. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say don't do them, maybe, but... I mean... There's another alternative. In the alternative, illiteracy can can be your friend. (laughs) This document reads... Kitty is able to read the posters referring to Spencer's other woman, which were displayed on many lampposts in the city. Again, different alternatives. You don't know letters, kid. Or maybe just don't do them, Dad. But alas, to make matters worse, Princess Diana's death happens during the divorce proceedings, shining even more scrutiny and light on them. 
For his part, Charles's attorneys claimed that Victoria was naturally mentally unstable and would be unable to handle a large sum of money due to her addictions and eating disorders, which is why I really should screw her in her divorce settlement because she's incapable of handling a payout. Chuck. Chucky. Chucky. One of the former mistresses, Chantal Colopy, was actually scheduled to testify against Charles Spencer. But, surprise, surprise, a settlement is reached prior to that happening. Hmm. It's funny, those last-minute settlements that come in before Hmm. you're about to have testimony against you. However, that does not keep Chantel Colopy from giving media interviews. In November 1997, Colopy told Sky News that her marriage ended after her husband taped her phone calls with Charles Spencer. Well, I'm just thinking about what his poor six or seven-year-old daughter must think encountering all that. Spencer and Colopy had met a few years before in 1994 at a party in Northampton, where she said they had an instant attraction to each other. She claims the affair lasted for two years and even flourished once Charles had moved to South Africa. Which is pretty impressive. Yeah, frequent flyer miles, I guess. She tells Sky News, After I separated from my husband, Spencer had said to me, Will you promise to marry me? He said that a few times. I just laughed. But just before she became officially divorced, Chantel Colopy says Charles Spencer had a panic attack and told her he could not offer her a future. We had an argument. And he said, I must let you know that I will never accept your children. And I said that was the end. (laughs) Yep. Okay. Thanks, Charles. Colopy claims not to regret her relationship with Charles, even though it was the downfall of her own marriage. I probably had the best of Charles in that. He was extremely romantic and civilized. She will say, but that eventually changed. She will continue. In the beginning, he was very caring, but when he decides he does not want you anymore, he will start looking for faults. I don't believe that he does anything intentionally. There's just something that he does to make you feel worthless and insecure and lose your confidence. Sounds like a real charmer. Yep. Once the divorce was finalized, Charles Spencer ended up moving back to England while Victoria, now his ex-wife, stays in Cape Town. For most of the year, the children live with their mom and would go for visits with their father, but Charles will still play an active role in their lives, even though they're in South Africa with their mother. Okay, the fact that she stayed there makes me my earlier speculation that he had moved the family there for his own ends makes me think that's probably not what happened. I wouldn't put it past him. Charles is kind of a sneaky bugger. Victoria will, to her credit, get control over her addictions and her own struggles. She opened a treatment center Hmm. where she actually works as a counselor now. That's fantastic. In July 2021, a little bit happy news here. Victoria will attend her daughter, Lady Kitty Spencer's extravagant wedding to the fashion mogul Michael Lewis in Italy. Weirdly, though, noticeably absent was the bride's father. Charles Earl Spencer. Really? Mm-hmm. Probably a great time to take a little bit of a break. We're going to come back with marriage number two. 
Electric Boogaloo. We'll see you on the flip. Hi, everybody. I'm Katie Segal. And I'm Kurt Sutter. And welcome to our new podcast called Pi, People, Influences, and Experiences. Yes, it's sort of the uh, get to know you at a deeper level, the who, what, when, where, and why you are rather than what it is you do. Absolutely. We're not going to talk too much about what people do. We just want to know about their families, where they come from, you know, what shapes their parenting if they have kids, what shapes their marriages if they're married. We just want to be really nosy. We want to get in there. A deep dive into nature and nurture. And we started it because there are a lot of people that we don't know that we are curious about. Right. And I have no friends, so for me, it's, you know... Try like, to get them out of the house. Listen to it on whatever you listen to <laughs> podcasts on. Yeah, podcast your, homecasts. Your, 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 your podcasting apparatus. Watch it on the YouTube. He's aging himself. All right, so we have the first ex, Mrs. Spencer. Victoria, out. Mm-hmm. Second marriage, Caroline. Oh, Caroline, sweet Caroline. In 2001, Charles Spencer tries yet again his hand at the marriage game, this time with a longtime friend. Charles Spencer had met Caroline Freud when they were both students together back in their wild and crazy Oxford days. Mm. They had remained close friends since school, and the two announced their engagement in October of 2001, and the wedding took place just a few months later, again at Althorpe House, December 15th, 2001. The former friends had apparently started their romance when Caroline, known as Pidge, P-I-D-G-E, two friends, of course, helped comfort Charles and nurture him through his divorce with Victoria. Charles and Pidge made their first public appearance as a couple when they attended the premiere of the film Notting Hill together hmm. in May of 1999. Luckily for Caroline, she had just gotten divorced in that same year, 1999, from her first husband, Matthew Freud, a successful PR executive. In October of 2003, congratulations, the couple welcomes their son. A second child, a daughter, was born in March 2006. But if it appeared for a while that Charles Spencer had learned from his previous marital misadventures, I hate to disappoint you, Charles Spencer did not learn from his <laughs> previous marital misadventures. Just a few months after Caroline had given birth to their daughter, Charles left Caroline to pursue an affair with the glamorous Colleen Sullivan, an American TV news anchor. Yikes. The two met when Colleen came to England to interview him. The Ohio station she was working for at the time was doing a documentary about Diana, Princess of Wales, and sent her to interview the Earl for the piece. Within a few weeks, no worries, Colleen's going to break up with her boyfriend <laughs> of 11 years. <laughs> this is a disaster. And after that, Charles will helpfully tell his wife, Caroline Pidge, that mm -hmm. he would like a divorce too. Gonna move to Cleveland. <laughs> Caroline's friends told the media that she was devastated by the split. She and their two children moved back to the couple's London townhouse, while Charles moves in with his girlfriend, Colleen, into Althorpe House. Huzzah! A close friend of the Countess, this would be Caroline because she is Countess Spencer, that's the wife of an earl, 
This might be a good time just to remind everybody of our peerage breakdown. Dogs make everything very beautiful. You start with dukes, they're at the top. Then you have Marquess, they're next up. Earls live in the middle. The wife of an earl is a countess. Then you go into viscounts and barons. There's a feminine form for each. However, dogs make everything very beautiful. That's how you remember the order. A close friend of the countess, Caroline, says about Caroline. Caroline is heartbroken. She was shattered by his decision to up and leave. And let's not forget they have two young children. But, 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 before Charles leaves Caroline for Colleen, there was a major scandal that happened involving a former friend and allegations that Charles was trying to seduce his wife. Remember Darius Guppy, mm-hmm. the best man at Spencer's first wedding? Mm-hmm. Darius's wife, Patricia, who previously ran an escort service, and two of her female friends had attended a dinner party at Althorpe in 1995 when Charles Spencer was still married to Victoria. Darius Guppy likely would have attended the party also, but he was in prison at that time for the attempted jewelry fraud. Yeah, 18, 18 million, million pounds. Pound yeah. So Earl Spencer at this party at Althorpe in 95, supposedly comes on to all three of the women after his wife had gone to bed. None of the women were interested and rejected his advances. Mrs. Guppy decided to keep the awkward incident from her husband to protect the friendship of Charles and her husband. Like they've been, you know, longtime friends. But early in 2006, the other two women involved told her they had revealed the incident to a third party, which caused Patricia to tell her husband before Darius Guppy heard about it through the grapevine. Darius Guppy did not take the news very well. Darius will lure his friend, Charles Spencer, to his home under false pretenses with a plan to confront him. Once he arrived, a horrible fight ensues, which leaves both men bloody. Okay, so... A fight, fight, not... Fight, fight. Oh, fight, fight. They did not just exchange words. Oh, no. exchanged blows. Okay. No, it's like Bridget Jones's diary, just inside. But that's, I think, probably what it ends up looking like. Charles Spencer leaves the guppy home with a fractured cheekbone, broken ribs, a broken nose, and a black eye. I guess prison was a, a learning experience for old Darius there. Picked up a few tricks. Seems so. Charles, naturally a little bit uh, beaten up over this encounter. Charles later claims that the injuries from <laughs> were from a rough cricket game. Oh, God. <laughs> Needless to say, this is an incident that Charles Spencer refuses to discuss, but friends still joke that they never allow their wives to go to Althorpe unless they accompany their wives personally. Apparently, this incident was hard on the Spencer marriage as well, even though Charles was not married to Caroline when he hit on Guppy's wife. This adds a little bit of stress because of Caroline's close friendship with both of the Guppies. A source will tell news of the world. Caroline was devastated that Charles was drawn into this saga. Hold up. Was Charles really drawn into the saga, or did Charles sort of create, create the, the saga? saga. Mm-hmm. It's your fault. You can read. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Continuing from a source of news of the world. 
She's very good friends with Patricia and Darius, and she didn't think their friendship would be tarred by accusations about her husband's behavior. The last few months had blown her world apart. Not only has she had to deal with the rumor and intrigue from friends asking about Charles and Patricia, but also the marriage split. But it wasn't just Caroline's heart that Charles Spencer was breaking. Poor Pidge. We already feel bad for Pidge over on this side, but just wait. Because Charles will also dump Colleen Sullivan 18 months after she gives up her career for him. And her boyfriend of 11 years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Apparently, many friends and acquaintances had warned Colleen Sullivan that Charles Spencer would never not, marry her. Yeah, not to be trusted. And she didn't listen. And Colleen really was sitting, waiting, wishing, hoping to become the new Countess Spencer. A former television colleague said... When asked about the breakup, it's a hard truth here. She was in love with the bastard. What else could she do? (laughs) Colleen Sullivan moves back to the United States and was said to have been shocked, shocked, I say, about getting dumped by the Earl. One of Charles's oldest friends was asked about his womanizing and said, quote, Charles attracts women by displaying a certain vulnerability, something of a little boy lost. It's real, not phony, but he gets bored with the woman the moment he realizes he has total control over her. It is not a pretty characteristic, but there it is. I'm sure it goes back to his childhood when his mother ran off with another man. He loves the chase of women and seducing them, but he can be ruthless with them. Sounds like a fun guy. (laughs) The divorce between Charles and Caroline was also if you can imagine, going to get ugly. Neither would agree to compromise, so the hearing ended up in high court in London two years after they officially separate in 2007. The couple was still trying to finalize the divorce in 2009. The judge ruled that the hearing should be heard in open court, which makes for a media field day. They love it. Media is like, heck yeah, open court, we're in. Caroline naturally wanted to remain in the London home she was living in with their children. Charles refused to agree to that. Despite his fortune, old Chuck, being estimated at around 100 million pounds, Charles doesn't want Caroline to get the London home. Just because? This made no sense financially. Like, just, this is a dumb move, man, so... It will make you think that that decision must have been made out of anger or stubbornness or spite with a hundred million dollars. Sorry, pounds. A close friend told the Daily Mail, The irony is there are huge costs involved in this divorce battle, largely generated by the wrangle over the house. Whereas if he'd elected to hold it in trust for the children which would have allowed Caroline to carry on living there without him, feeling he was making it a gift to her. It would have been incredibly tax efficient and saved him a fortune in fees. More to the point, he could buy another canal-side house if he wanted one. But this isn't about money. It's about Charles digging in his heels. Yeah, that happens. I want to follow up on this, though, and just mention another story about how Charles treated his sister, because Charles and Diana did not speak. Throughout the last years of her life, she had asked her brother, would it be okay 
for her to take, Diana did, a cottage on the, you know, I'm not sure if you heard the 13,000 acres of Althorpe. She wanted a little cottage to take her boys to for the holiday, and she was going to order some curtains and just make it a nice little getaway and spruce it up. Her brother Charles told her, no, don't come with your kids here to her family home. So this isn't about money. This is about Charles digging in his heels. Okay. In the end, back to Charles and Caroline, after a long and drawn-out spectacle, battle. Caroline and her children moved out of Spencer's London home and into a rental. Does he hate kids? Is that basically the problem here? Give your kids a trust-free house. Save yourself the tax. Like, there was such a smarter financial way to do that, man, and you just didn't. Well, and also that conveys your love for your children. Not making your children move out of a home that they shouldn't have to move out. Like, anyway, digging in heels. Digging in heels. Caroline will receive a settlement of around five million pounds, along with a stipend for each child for things such as domestic assistance and medical bills. By the time all of this is being played out in the courts, Charles Spencer, don't you worry about him. He's fine. He's moved on to a new romance. This time, the lady of his dreams was Lady Bianca Elliot. A close friend of the Earl said he is besotted with her, and going through all the drama of this divorce hasn't put him off in the slightest. He just sees it as something he has to get out of the way so he can get on with his life. I think at this point, before we get on with the rest of this episode and the life of Charles Spencer, we're going to take another break here. See you on the flip. Hi, I'm Chris Gethard, and I'm very excited to tell you about Beautiful Anonymous, a podcast where I talk to random people on the phone. I tweet out a phone number, thousands of people try to call, I talk to one of them, they stay anonymous, I can't hang up, that's all the rules. I never know what's going to happen. We get serious ones. I've talked with meth dealers on their way to prison. I've talked to people who survived mass shootings. Crazy funny ones. I talked to a guy with a goose laugh, somebody who dresses up as a pirate on the weekends. I never know what's going to happen. It's a great show. Subscribe today, Beautiful Anonymous. All right, so Chucky has found himself his latest countess. He's trying. Mm -hmm. See, Bianca Elliott was a 33-year-old widow and mother of three. Her husband, who was 40 years old at the time of his death, had died from an epileptic seizure in the bath in 2006. Oh, that's nightmarish. An autopsy reveals that... He did have cocaine and marijuana in his blood at the time of the seizure. Charles Spencer and Lady Bianca Elliott meet at the Groucho Club in Soho, like you do, and begin dating shortly afterward. Charles Spencer proposes in 2010, and the couple had planned to be married that same year. In keeping with his pattern of whirlwind romances, Charles Spencer is telling all of his friends that Bianca is... The one. The only. Their relationship is going to go all the way. Oh, sure. But it may come to you as no surprise that Charles Spencer and Lady Bianca Elliot never make it down the aisle. In September of 2010, the same month they were supposed to get married, the couple announces their split. A friend of Lady Elliot said that the split was in part due to the, quote, Control freak Earl who would constantly ring to check up on her, unquote. (laughs) 
Awesome. So not only is he a serial philanderer, but he is also super controlling. Okay. That's See, you know great. what? I have 13,000 acres at Althorpe is for all the red flags. Gotcha. Another friend was reported to have said they were due to marry in London this month, but the wedding has been called off after a series of rows and heated exchanges. As for Charles Spencer's supporters, because the ones he hasn't beat up, I guess, still are around, one said, Charles has not got a good track record for marriage. It didn't seem like a good idea to have any more divorces or any more heirs. It's one thing to be glamorous with a colorful past, but Bianca already has three kids and is still very much at childbearing age. It wasn't an issue of money so much as avoiding another nightmare scenario. It was a rather tempestuous relationship and it was bound to come to an end. People were telling Charles to hold his horses on marriage. I mean, it sounds like that would have been good advice. The other two times? Yes. The ne'er-do-well brother. The naughty brother. The idle rich. Good lord. It is unknown what the exact circumstances were behind the breakup, but everyone agreed that it was probably for the best. Charles Spencer was showing no signs of being ready to commit to a lifetime together without getting bored. As one of his friends puts it, Charles is rather in love with being in love. He likes the chase, the excitement. The moment it becomes mundane, he's like a deflated balloon. Then he gets a bit irritable, and that's never a good thing for the woman in his life. But wait, hold her horses. Put him back in the stable, because Charles Spencer is not ready to give up on finding his third Countess Spencer just yet. Apparently, he is addicted to love or falling in love, and Charles will marry again less than a year after his split from Lady Bianca Elliot. Third marriage. (laughs) Soon after the latest breakup, a former colleague will set Chuck up on his first date with Karen Gordon. When selling Spencer on the idea, the colleague reportedly said, I found the perfect woman for you. Karen was previously married to Hollywood producer Mark Gordon, whose film resumes include Saving Private Ryan and The Patriot. The couple had two daughters before divorcing in 2003. Since then, Karen Gordon had been an entrepreneur and a philanthropist. She founded Whole Child International to benefit the emotional needs of at-risk children. Apparently, old Chucky believes that the third time would be the charm because the couple was married in June of 2011, just one year after meeting. Any guesses about where that took place? Was it at Althorpe House? It was Mm because the first two were so, so, so successful. Got to follow that successful template. This one actually does appear to kind of be the success story. When asked about the Earl's previous relationship troubles, though, Karen has consistently been positive and claims that those issues have made him, Charles, into a better person. She said that his former divorces were due to his abandonment issues and have made him more motivated, quote unquote, to work on himself. Karen tells the Sunday Times, I've been a first wife and a third and trust me on this, you really want to be the third because men are so motivated at this point. They are really really paying attention. (laughs) In a different interview, Karen said, the most appealing thing about Charles for me was how willing he was to work on himself and continue to do so. 
We both do. It's pretty obvious why Charles found me. His mother left when he was two, and I understand that wound because of my work. There were always women who would have been a good match for him, but he wasn't interested. It was the ones who couldn't love him back who were magnetic for him. When you're damaged, you look for damage. If you've experienced trauma and abandonment to the degree Charles did, your brain is hardwired. I think we are particularly suited to each other. I mean, it's 11 years on or whatever, I guess. I, yeah, but you know, I mean, all, yes, that all does make sense. Your brain does get hardwired, but you'd think you'd work on it before you turn 60, but that's fine. Karen and Charles will welcome a daughter in 2012, making the early father to seven kids. They've split their time between Althorpe House and her home in Pacific Palisades, California. With respect to the Earl's other six children, Karen tells the Sunday Times that her husband offered her advice on being a stepmother. Charles gave me the best advice, which is to say nothing and do nothing about anything ever. (laughs) Think they learned something from acid rain? Yep. Say nothing and do nothing about anything ever. I don't get to have an opinion about his children. I can have an opinion and give it to him in our bedroom, but not to them. I just wish I could say I adhered to it the whole time. Step parenting plays to Charles' strengths and my weaknesses. Charles's older four were pretty much grown up when I came on the scene, so my job, which I hope I've achieved, was simply to make everyone feel welcome. So far, it appears that Charles and Karen Spencer have found a successful formula for marriage as of today. Eleven years on, they are still going strong. Congratulations, Charles and Karen. I'm glad you found your countess. Old dogs, new tricks. Mayhaps. A dog is a dog is a dog. That too. It's, hey, who can say really? That is the trashy divorces ride of Charles Spencer. I don't know how many trash cans fit on 13,000 acres. Probably get enough trash cans to fill that London home that could have been a tax write-off for you, bro. Yeah. But you had to be stubborn. Yeah. Mm. What a guy. What a guy. Big thanks to Melissa O for doing the dirty, dirty dig. (laughs) For all of that one, again, don't forget, you can always find sources over at TrashyDivorces.com. Yup. Y'all, we hope everybody had the best holiday. Thanks for spending your time with us today. We can't tell you how much we appreciate you. If you need a little bit more Trashy Divorces, you can always check us out at Patreon.com slash Trashy Divorces. And Stacy, we're going to be back when? We're going to be back on Wednesday with another riveting tale of people doing terrible things to each other. It's a good podcast about bad relationships. That's what we do around here. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in. We hope you have a tremendously wonderful week. Until we talk again, keep those hands clean. Keep your hearts trashy, friends. Bye. Bye. And thanks to you for listening. Trashy Divorces is a Hemlock Creatives production created and produced right here in Atlanta, Georgia by us, Stacy and Alicia, 
with a little research and writing help from the brilliant Melissa O. Our art is by Sydney V. Smith. That's Sydney V. Smith at carbonmade.com. And our music is used with permission of Ratsy. Check her out at Ratsy's store on Instagram and definitely drop into Ratsy's store anytime you're in Oberlin, Ohio. You can contact us at trashydivorces at gmail.com or find us on the World Wide Web at trashydivorces.com. If you need more trash candy in your life, our Patreon community includes some of the very best humans around and thousands of hours of bonus content at every level of support. Join the fun at patreon.com slash trashydivorces. Interested in some Trashy Divorces swag? Check out our merch shop and Trash Panda Enthusiasm Society at bit.ly slash trashy gear. Want to advertise with us? Reach out to sales at advertisecast.com for more information. And last but not least, come play with us on social media. I keep most of our Trashy Divorces Instagram hopping. Stacy and I share it up over on Facebook, including our Trashy Divorces podcast discussion group. Come join us over there and thanks again everybody for listening. Keep it trashy, y'all.